Welcome back, Imaginers. Today, I am wrapping up my series on goal planning. And if you've been following along, you know that we've been doing a lot of reflection. And in this episode, we're going to take a lot of the reflection that we've been doing over the past several episodes, hopefully the past few weeks in your life, and plan some goals for this year. I have never done goal setting this late in the year before, but I am following nature. And if we look at nature, nature is asleep in January. But I'm telling you, I'm looking around our land, our 25 acres on a lake in Texas, and spring has sprung. The flowers are starting to bloom. Everything is turning beautifully green. The birds are singing. We have seen so much nature over the last week, and it feels like the perfect time to plan and really plant. I want to make sure that this episode is very practical for you because when I learned this process and the way that I usually learn is I learn something from one source, I learn something from another source, I put it all together, I apply it to myself, I use it, I test it, I use it with my clients, and then I come up with the best thing that works across all of those kind of pieces of the puzzle. And that's what I've gotten to with my goal planning process. In the last several episodes, we've talked about how to make your success inevitable, how to overcome, identify maybe some belief systems that have been standing in your way. And all of that is going to be vital to understand and know and have ready as we are doing goal planning. Because normally what happens with goal planning is you set all these goals that are, that really involve a lot of sub goals, uh, sub actions that you hadn't really thought through. And so when the item, you know, comes up on your to-do list or calendar, it's actually about 20 items or some of it involves research or asking someone else or getting help on something. And that's why we tend to hit snooze on our calendar items or our to-do items. And we never go back to them oftentimes. They just feel too big, right? And so we do things that we know how to do. (laughs) I don't know what your go-to is, but for me, you know, I know how to put on makeup, right? That's easy. I know how to do that. (laughs) And so some days I think, you know, that to-do doesn't really, I I don't really want to do that. So I think I'll just, you know, get ready instead for the day, even though I have a, you know, a block of time for something else. And so as always during this process, we're going to be compassionate and kind and curious as we are learning this new process. And it is going to take time, much like anything small and steady steps. We know that that's what wins the race, right? And 
that is what we're going to use for this process because for many of you, this is going to be maybe a process that you've, you know, used maybe a small portion of, or maybe you've never used any of it, or maybe you've tried some of it, but you believed it didn't work for you. So as always, I want you to, you know, take it with your lens and think about what might work in your own life, which parts of this might work for you. But what I can tell you is this process has, when I use it, <laughs> which again, it's a process to continue to implement this in your life. It's not going to be one and done. But when I use this process, it has made all the difference. And I wish I had known about this process earlier in my life because there is there's such a brain hack involved here that is, again, an easy fix to overcome a lot of, you know, primal instincts as usual. It's the same choir song I sing all the time, but it, it really does help you to overcome that urge to keep doing what you're doing because your brain thinks that's safe, right? And your brain does not like change, even though that's when we feel most alive. That is the paradox of being a human. You, you hear me say this so often. But I think it's so vital and, and, and bears repeating because we, we don't ever think about how these two pieces of our paradox intersect and cause like an internal struggle in our lives, right? We know that we feel most alive when we're moving to whatever we want next. And that, I mean, that next thing can be peace. That next thing can be, I mean, goals can be anything you want them to be. But we have this internal struggle between staying safe, staying where we are, and evolving. And so I want you to know that that is part of our biology and you should expect it to happen. And when it happens, I want you to know that nothing has gone wrong. Sometimes we, when we hear those thoughts from our brain, we think we have to listen to them. But oftentimes they are primal instincts to try and keep us safe and to try to keep us where we are. And any form of change usually triggers that primal brain. But we're going to use some of the things we've learned in the last few episodes to make the success much more inevitable. Again, it's a process. And today we're just going to take a small step toward that. So executing on your goals. Step one of executing on your goals is to set a goal. <laughs> Not surprising. That's a part of goal setting that many of us already do. So congratulations, you've already got part of it down. So you want to set a goal. And for me, I always go to the outcome. As Stephen Covey, if you, if you know that author, has written about, start with the end. So what is the goal that you are wanting to reach? Again, it could be anything in your life. It could be something related to your purpose or passion. But it could also be something with your health, um, more, you know, presence in the, in the current moment maybe relationship, uh, some kind of growth in your life. It could be, it can be anything. 
So let's start with setting one goal. Go to the end. What is that goal? And I usually do goal setting. I usually have some three-year goals. And then as they, they get closer, I work backwards. Then I start, you know, actually making them part of this year. And then eventually those become this month, this week. So again, whatever your goal is, whether it's a year away or three years away or whatever you would like it to be. Then we're going to start to, as I said, work backwards. And the way that we start to work backwards is to identify all of the elements in the goal. And if you've listened, you know why we work backwards. It is to keep our higher brain turned on because our higher brain has so many more of the answers than our lower brain because our lower brain just wants to keep us safe. So we have to ask our higher brain. And the way that we do that is by going to the end, going to the, the outcome, you've reached the goal, you know, think about yourself in that, in that time, whenever you, you want to reach your goal, maybe it's the end of this year. So go to December 31st, 2023, if it's the end of this year, close your eyes, think about, I've reached this goal. And I want you to really spend some time in that place. What did it feel like? Where were you? How did you celebrate? What were the things that surprised you about reaching the goal? What were the things that you expected about reaching the goal? And then we're going to ask your brain, how did you do that? If you've never done this before, it's going to sound maybe an unusual approach. And oftentimes the answers, all of the answers won't come to you in that first moment. But I want you to be prepared to write down whatever your brain tells you. Some of the things your brain is going to tell you, you're probably not going to understand. You may not. It may be something, well, we did this and you think back to your present day and you think, I don't know how to do that. It's okay. Just write it down. And I want you to just continue to ask your brain, how did we do this? How did we do this? How did we make this happen? You know, sort of your lower brain talking to your higher brain. Like, I don't see how we did this. This, this is out of our, our knowledge base or our skill set. We don't have the capacity for this. We don't have the time for this. How did we do this? And ask your brain, what were all the things that we had to do? to reach that goal. One way I think about it is if you're going on a trip, which I'm going on a trip very soon. I'm going to the World Happiness Summit in Lake Cuomo. I am ecstatic. <laughs> and I often think about the outcome I want on my trips. I want to have a fun trip, a peaceful trip. I want to be present in the moment. I want to have the right things with me, you know, whether that's a creature comfort or the right, you know, shoes, whatever it is. But I, I, I go to the end of my trip where I'm back home and I'm telling everyone about how amazing it was. And I ask my brain, what did you do to make this trip so fantastic? And my brain starts to tell me, right? Well, don't forget to pack this. 
Don't forget to make a copy of this. Let's plan to have this extra thing. We're going to need more time here. What if you just sat in a cafe and stared at Lake Cuomo, right? What are all the things that you did or the interactions you had? I asked my brain, what are all the things? And then my brain gets to work to give me the answers. And I use those answers as my plans. So you're going to ask your brain all the things that we did to reach the goal. And again, it is vital that you work backwards. You're going to want to come back to present day and figure out how to put it all in your calendar. And we're going to do that. First, we got to spend a lot of time in higher brain to get all of the answers that we're looking for. Now, you're not going to have 100% of the answers, but you will be amazed at how much of the broad strokes your brain will give you. And the more you keep asking your brain, the more that it will give you how you did this. So we're going to write all of that stuff down. And then what I do next is to begin to categorize it. Because have you ever been, this just happened to me the other day, I was out running an errand and I realized I had just been on the other side of town running another errand, but I forgot to drop off something on the other side of town because I hadn't kind of categorized the errands. So we're going to categorize these to-dos. And again, your to-dos can be things like research X, Y, and Z, or write A, B, and C, or record five minutes of X, or whatever your, whatever your area is, whatever the goal is that you're setting. Spend five minutes doing Y, whatever. So you're going to write down all of those things. You're going to categorize them. And you're going to continue to ask your brain, how did we do this? And I really encourage my clients, and I do this myself, to take, take some time. Don't rush, rush this process. We want to give your brain some space to go to work on this problem for you. And the problem is, the only problem is extracting what's in your higher brain to give it to today so that we can create a plan to go after this. And so we want to give our brain a little space to come up with those answers. So I, I often ask my brain over and over, over like a week, what are the things that you did? And just keep writing them down, keep categorizing them. And then I want you to start looking at the list that you have and in addition to categorizing them, see which of them you can put into kind of some subcategories. So again, if you think about the errand I, I ran, if I, had, if I had categorized some things, I would have ran an errand on one side of town for two, two areas. So we want to look for like things. And, you know, if it's, oh, here's five areas that are research even though they're across different categories, maybe I put those together. The more that we can help direct your brain and stay in kind of um, 
a compartment, the more that we can keep your brain focused. So you're going to identify the like things. Also during this process, I want you to look at these to-dos and make sure that they are doable within max of an hour. And the reason is because, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, if we create to-dos that are too big and in involve multiple tasks, particularly if they're in different areas, our brain gets overwhelmed, and that's why we hit snooze, usually on, on to-dos, um, or just ignore them on a calendar. So we're trying to give our brain an action, a to-do that is achievable in, again, about an hour. I, I usually set up 30-minute or hour time blocks. So now you have some like things. You have tasks that are achievable in 30 minutes to an hour, maybe even less. Now we're going to go into your calendar. And we are going to start assigning time blocks to them. And when I first started doing this, I thought, this takes every bit of spontaneity out of my life. <laughs> this feels like such a taxing experience. But I tell you guys, when, when my brain feels overwhelmed, which is most mornings after I go through, after I, I wake up usually pretty calm and, and I, do, I have a morning practice and that helps really center me and ground me. I didn't used to do this in my corporate life, by the way. Uh, I started with like very upsetting news, <laughs> which I don't do anymore. But uh, after that practice in the morning, then my brain is like, what, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? And when this practice is in place, all I do is go look at my calendar and see what's on my calendar, right? And the other thing that I do that has made such a difference in my brain's thinking that this is, you know, a really arduous, painful process that sucks all the spontaneity out of my life is I also implement and create time blocks for rest. Nor I don't know about you, but, you know, normally the way I used to work is I would go, 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 and then just completely fall down for a weekend and have to recover for the weekend. And it is amazing now that I have incorporated rest and time blocks for rest intentionally into my calendar. One, how much more rest I get, but two, that I can actually enjoy the rest because I'm not thinking about all of the things that I quote unquote should be doing because I have them accounted for and planned for. The other tip I will give you is make sure that you create space for, I call it um, buffer time. So this happened to me just the other day. Uh, my microphone was having problems. In fact, I'm using a different mic right now. And I had to re-record the podcast last time. And that was not on the schedule. <laughs> and so... Um, I needed to take sort of time from something else to re-record the podcast. And luckily, I had some buffer time built in between the podcast recording and when I was going to start making dinner. 
And so it wasn't a problem. But that is not the way I used to work. I used to have everything way too tightly scheduled, overscheduled. And again, this is a this is a process. This is not you're not going to listen to this podcast and tomorrow you're you're going to have all of this scheduled and it's going to go accordingly. Which is a perfect segue into the thing that is going to happen, which is you're going to write down your your areas to meet your goal with your beautiful higher brain where all of the long-term goodness lives. You're going to categorize some things. You're going to kind of put some like things together. You're going to put them on your calendar. And then that calendar block is going to come up. And even if it's a small to-do that is doable in 30 minutes to an hour, which is the plan, your brain, I promise you, is going to say, no, we don't want to do that. Just hit snooze. Just hit snooze. So I want to give you two tips for when that happens, because it will happen. It may not happen on the first time block or the second or the first day, but it will happen. And again, this is partly because this is going to be new and our brains don't like new. So two things that have really helped me when my brain says, let's just scroll social media. Let's go see what's, you know, in the refrigerator. What's what is my husband watching? Oh, it's beautiful outside. Let's go for a walk. All the things. I want you to think about as you're writing, as you're adding these time blocks to your calendar, why did you create the goal that you did? What is your big why for why you want to achieve the goal? And I want you to write that down and keep it handy. So I tend to do most of my work from my computer. Some people, uh, you know, are in different locations. So you'll have to you know, find what works for you. But I keep my big why for my goals and post-it notes, but it's also in notes on my phone. It's in notes on my computer. And I am continually looking at what is that big why? Because oftentimes in that moment, looking at my big why reminds my higher brain, which came up with the big why, to question the lower brain and say, We know that you want to keep us safe. We know that you think this is a dangerous activity because it's new. Anything new, the the lower brain thinks is dangerous, but it's not, and we're fine, and this is what we're doing. And your your higher brain can often help, sort of like parent-child. It can often help overcome your lower brain. The second thing that is really helpful for me is is just with curiosity and love and compassion, when my brain says, we don't want to do that. Asking it, why don't you want to do that? Again, with love and compassion and curiosity. And ask, ask yourself, why, why don't you want to do that? And, and see what your brain comes up with. It is fascinating what your brain will tell you. I don't really know how. I don't know if this is going to make a difference. This isn't enough. What if I can't get it perfect? Why am I even doing this? Ask your brain. 
And if it gives you something like, we don't know how to do this, then maybe you need to break it down into smaller steps, reevaluate. But I encourage you to take the time you already had blocked and kind of re reorganize, right? So um, if it's something that has three sub steps, maybe do one of the sub steps and then put the other two pieces in a new time block. But the way that we really learn what our brain is telling us that we often don't even tap into is by being curious. And so in that moment where your brain is like, we don't want to do this terrible idea, I want you to really question your brain and learn what it is, what is kind of repeating. What messages is it giving you that you don't even, you're not even aware of, right? Sometimes when I ask my brain, why don't you want to do this? Sometimes it'll say to me, I'm just tired. Okay, that's another message, right? Maybe I need to look at the week ahead and ensure that I have enough rest planned. Maybe I just need to get a drink of water. Drinking enough water. If you don't drink enough water, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it dramatically affects my energy level. So we want to just continue to be curious and learn why you may not want to do something when it comes up in your calendar. But again, this process is truly a game changer and it it has blown me away how much less distracted I am when I use this system and and honestly how much less I have to fight with my lower brain because we the one thing our lower brain likes is is having a system, right? So Looking at my calendar and seeing, oh, this is what I'm doing at 10. This is what I'm doing at 11. This is what I'm doing at 12. Then I don't, I don't have to keep arguing with my lower brain. It's like, no, this is what we're doing. And again, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to still try and fight you. But the, the energy, that, the, the, the amount of energy that you don't have to use, that you can use for your activities, the, the goal Substeps that you're going after is so much less if you will plan your schedule and again ensure that you have blocks of time for rest. I hope that you will take a small step this week. Take maybe a just a mini goal. Think about what just a mini goal is. You know, if if you've heard some of my past videos, I started getting back into shape with one push-up. Literally one push-up. That was it. And here I am five years later, a completely different person. But it, it, it genuinely just started with one push-up. So what is a mini goal that you could set? What are some of the sub-steps to reach it? And then I want you to start dropping in these time blocks into your calendar. And when the time block comes up and your brain says, terrible idea, I want you to just be curious and write down, what is it my brain's telling me? Is that helpful? If it is, let me use it. If it's just my lower brain, hey, lower brain, here's my big why. 
you know that I'm cheering you on to the life and career of your wildest dreams. Go take a small step this week to some execution on our goal planning, and I'll see you next time. If you want to start creating the career of your wildest dreams, sign up for my weekly email at kylamartinconsulting.com forward slash inspiration. This is your destination for uncovering your purpose, removing any obstacles, and creating the career you imagined.